As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Today, my featured guest is Arnita Willis-Taylor. She is the founder of Eight Leadership Development Group, where she serves and coaches leaders by assisting individual teams and organizations. She's a passionate communicator to enrich and empower others. And because she's intentionally places, because she intentionally places herself in diversified contexts, she regularly teaches across racial, denominational, and gender lines. I love that. So do I, by the way, Arnita. Arnita graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Medical Technology from the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and has a Master's of Science in Leadership with a focus in leader development from Walden University. She's educated, as I like to say. At home in Keller, Texas, she is the wife of 31 years to Michael and the proud and grateful mother of two sons, Evan and Noah, uh, Nolan. And Arnita is also the co-author of A Language of Healing book, A Language of Healing book, with our good friend, Wayne Jacobson, who is the co-author of the worldwide bestseller, The Shack. And you, you've heard him on our show a few episodes back. You could go check out that episode. But uh, Arnita is his co-author on this new book, A Language of Healing. You can find her at alanguageofhealing.com, A Language of Healing. Dot com and obviously she's a powerhouse so we're going to get into it arnita welcome to broken catholic go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro would you oh thank you joseph thank you for having me some of the gaps in that intro well you know i love a really good basketball game i'm probably a basketball fanatic uh, i love a very well cooked steak uh that's that's who's, it who's your favorite team my favorite team is the team any team that my son plays on <laughs> because I have a collegiate basketball player. <laughs> so wow, fancy. I, 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 rightfully so. Uh, cool. So, so and uh, I lived for a brief period of time in Roland Park, Maryland, about a year and a half ago. And I really enjoy the northeast part of the country. And I love all parts of Florida. I haven't met a part of Florida that I didn't like. So those so, things are just filling in the blank. Hey, I'm connecting with you right here because I'm from the northeastern part of the country, New are York. Really? 
And I now live in Tampa, Florida, which is my favorite city in the United States by far. And I just spent three days at the beach this past week, right? Wow. I'm jealous. It's gorgeous. I'm so jealous. Don't be jealous. Just take action, girl. Move. (laughs) Get on a plane. All right. So, uh, Arnita, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life or ministry life know. So, you know, I'm, I really, it's really hard for me to turn down. I probably have more vision than I can ever execute. And sometimes that's just so frustrating for me. Uh, and it leads me to go back to my God place and say, what do you want me to put my hands to? But sometimes when your brain just continually starts going, uh, you kind of get frustrated within yourself until you get back to the God place and calm yourself down and go, what would you have me do today, God? And so just not getting ahead of myself, uh, not getting ahead of God, uh, tempering myself and being in the moment, that's a very hard thing for me as a visionary, to just enjoy the moment. Would you say that you have to get to a place of surrender in order to do that effectively? I would absolutely say that. And you know, surrender for me is not, just a place. Uh, surrender is a journey and a process. You know, there's levels of surrender, there's steps of surrender, and it's all good. But as long as you have kind of laid your heart down to God, he'll take you through the journey, but it's step by step. And it's not always easy, particularly for people who are so kind of driven and minds always working like, like me and you probably. Yeah, you nailed, you nailed it, girl. <laughs> so BC Nation, you've heard me speak of spiritual surrender many times on this show. And that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about physical surrender that all us men is particularly hate that word, because we don't want to surrender because that's defeat, that's lost, that's I'm a loser. And none of us want to be that. We're talking about in the spiritual realm. Surrender is the number one thing Jesus asked for to lay down our lives, meaning yourself, your ego, your pride, your will, and let him take over. As C.S. Lewis says, to become a little Jesus. What do you want to say to that, Arnita? You know, it, I, love, I love those words, to become a little Jesus. The, the good thing about when you surrender uh, in God is everything about the surrendering process brings you more into a likeness of Jesus. Everything about it, every step, every change, every time you renew your thinking and line up with the word, you do become a little bit more like Jesus, which is the goal. The great thing about it is you always surrender to the better thing when you're surrendering with God. You can't lose. You don't ever have to wave the little white flag because it's always going to be better when you trust that you are loved unconditionally and nothing separates you from that love. You can just go with it. You know, it's kind of like uh, I'm a chemist. I'm a laboratory chemist by profession. But then I end up going into pastoral ministry and people always go, how in the world did you make that switch? Well, it wasn't an easy switch, but I just went with what I thought God was surrendering and asking me to do. And so where that doesn't make sense to most people, it makes perfect sense to me uh, because that was part of another level of surrender. He asked me to do, hey, can I have your life and take it this way? I hear that. And I think so many of us wrestle with that, where we have a certain vision for our life and how it's meant to go. Most of the time we're struggling to create that because it's not aligned with God's plan for our life, in my opinion. Uh, And that's where all the struggle comes from. So how did you 
um, really go there because it's one thing to say, hey, I went from being a chemist, you know, with my career into full-time ministry because God said so. Well, how did you actually do that? Like, what did that look like? And what can my listener do in their life to, to get there? You know, it just kind of, for me, it just looked like I always had a real love for the word. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm just going to go there. Part of it was just totally uh, getting into the middle of, you know, God, I'm going to believe when, when I read that before I came to the planet, you created great works for me to complete. I have no idea what those great works are, but I'm going to try and go do it if you help me. And it's a painstaking process. I don't think it's easy at all. I don't, I don't even want to rose color glass that it, it, it takes a lot of, uh, internal value seeking. Uh, you have to undo, unlearn things that you've learned. You have to leave relationships that you think are pivotal, but then God moves you down a line. So uh, I, I don't have a real good answer there. I don't, I don't think it's easy, but I think it's necessary. And we as believers should avail ourselves to the good works that have been prepared for us to do before the foundations of the world was laid. If I have one fear, which is an irrational fear, uh, my fear would be, Lord, you know, I want to make sure I empty out everything and do everything you want me to do before I transition. Mm. My spirit knows like that. That, that I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. So what was the biggest thing you had to let go of or surrender um, that was blocking uh, you uh, in that, that letting go process, right? What was the biggest thing in your life? Was it a relationship you had to let go of that you were resistant in, right? Just in your humanity? Was it something on the inside of you that you had to let go of? What was it specifically? Probably something on the inside of me. And it's that word that we hate to talk about, but it's control. Feeling that you control so much. And um, I'm not saying that your will is not involved in it, but when you have to surrender control and, and some of that just look like moving in the moment, like just God's, I hear God very uh, clearly in my life through timing. And a lot of it was timing based, you know, I was just seeing what he was doing in this season. And then I was seeing what he was doing in this season. And then some of the things I had an affinity for five years ago, I didn't anymore. And instead of questioning that, I learned to release control of it. Now, that is that was a 20-something year process for me, okay? All um, right, so sum it up and, and give, us the, give us the five-minute hack because we all love what are the three tips or strategies, right? To, to take those 20 years of learning to surrender and could you consolidate that for us? Well, you know, I'll try. Uh, just not trying to make sense of everything and understanding that faith is a risk. Uh, going toward things you don't know or you don't even conceive that are for you. Uh, and also building relationships with people who are different, which is probably how I came to be part of the book, actually, is I decided, you know, I'm going to go toward people who aren't like me and learn. Being a learner, man, just being a learner, positioning yourself to learn. Um, I think those are, that may have been three or four. Yeah, that was pretty good. So understand that faith is a risk. I like that a lot. And I think many of us don't actually understand that. We get it in our head, but not in our heart. 
we like, we're like, oh yeah, I'm, my life is for God. I, I believe everything in the Bible, <laughs> but yeah, but does your life match up to that? Yeah. Right. It, what's that saying? You could tell everything about a person's uh, f- uh, financial priorities by looking at their credit card statement. Sure. Right. Sure. They could say, oh, these are my priorities. But then you look at their statement and you're like, well, then why are you spending all this money on this and this and this? It doesn't line right. up. That's what's yeah. real. And I think we can uh, do the same thing with a person's calendar, right? You can look at a person's calendar and see where are your actual priorities in your life? Are you spending time with your spouse mostly? Are you spending time in prayer with God mostly? Or are you just saying they're important to you, but they're not actually? What do you want to say to that? You know, the thing that I love about God and that, that I really appreciate about the love of God is even when I'm saying I'm one thing and I'm not, He's always there with that gentle nudge to say, okay, let's make this congruent. Let's make what you're walking and talking match. Now, I'm not saying that's always a non-painful process, but he's always there to help you align. When your heart is sincere and you ask God, hey, I really want to live a life for you, you're going to go through some things, but he's going to help you get to that place so you don't ever have to harbor guilt and shame. Uh, even when people say, well, that's what you are, but this is not what you do. Okay, well, I'm going to work on that with God. And the Holy Spirit's always there to help us become more congruent with what we say and do. And that's the beauty of God. That's the love of God. Girl, you're speaking my language right now. I'm all about spiritual alignment. And what I get to see with a lot of the clients I work with is, and in my own life, my own story, I was so misaligned spiritually from what I said I believed and how I actually lived. And it was complete blind spots. Like I wasn't conscious of what was going on and the misalignments. Otherwise, I probably would have tried harder to work on them. When in fact, there was nothing to work on. And that was the biggest bleeping mind, excuse the term, mind F for me was wait a second, you're telling me I don't have to go back into my past and look at all the emotional skidoosh yeah. and wounds and picture my dad on a chair and yell at my imaginary dad to get that healing from that childhood trauma. You're saying I don't have to do any of that when it comes to God healing me? Rather, all I have to do is invite God in to that trauma and then surrender it up to him and ask him to go in and heal all the residue that I could never find on my own and pretty much do heart surgery on me. Yeah. And he'll do all the work and I don't have to. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that you don't have the, the work that you have to do is to be able to understand the completed work of the cross that he's already atoned for all of that. He's already, he's given you that healing and he's already atoned for that on the Calvary's cross. So if I well, just But go then to what's him my say, part in it? What's my part, part in it? Your part in it because... is the surrender, your sweet word there, your sweet word going toward it, understanding you have received it. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I think as believers, we are still in disbelief of really the magnitude of what the cross does i see people living like they're just coming up to the cross not like they're living past the cross and when you live like you are i am going past that cross you understand hey all of that all of that's part of my spiritual inheritance and i'm going to receive all of it now different personalities different experiences 
uh, I do think God is a healer and he helps us heal. You know, in the word of God, when we talk about spiritual gifts, the gifts of healing are plural. There's different levels of gifts of healing because I think sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's psychological, sometimes it's sociological. My book is more about sociological healing. So uh, yeah, that's good stuff. The cross is real. Receive it for yourself and just lay in, lay in God's lap and say, help me. And he will. So Arnita, I love what you're saying here. And here's where I struggled most was I didn't feel worthy of yes. forgiveness. I felt I needed to go fix me because I'm the one that screwed up. So I have to save myself now. Now, I didn't know this consciously. I knew Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I know he's my Savior. But my life didn't look that way. My life looked like me trying to fix me trying to save me and trying to save others. So I was actually playing God in my own life. Self-idolatry, you know, really. It, you know, it is, but let, let me tell you what else I think it is. It, for, I'm gonna speak for me. I think some of that goes back to legalism and just what you get taught in religious settings. Because sometimes the people that teach you that, they really do have your best interest at heart. They're just teaching you what they know, but it becomes so legalistic. And so once you, you have to almost undo yourself, unbrainwash yourself from legalism. Legalism says, yeah, I got to save myself. I got to fix myself. I got to do it. It's all about me, 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 me. Love, the love of God and relationship of God says, hey, I already did it. And if you love, when you love me enough, you'll go toward the things that I'm about. So I struggled so much with legalism. Uh, but after I realized that that was going to be a noose around my neck, uh, I, I, I understood that I needed to release more of what I had been taught and really get my mind renewed. And it's just, you know, I am sad for people who walk around with yokes. It's all about them and you got to do it and you got to be so perfect and you can't sin. And oh my goodness, that, that yoke, be not entangled in that yoke of bondage again. That's just too much. So we should so enjoy how did you our get out of How did you get out of that uh, brainwashing of legalism? Because I agree with you completely. And I was raised in it. And, and my, the folks around me who have loved me deeply, you're right they wanted what was best for me. They didn't know that Absolutely. they were poisoning my mind with uh, a, a very bastardized version of relationship with God and what it looks like. And it was very performance-based. I have to perform perfectly in order to be yeah. loved and lovable by the creator of the universe because he's perfect. When in fact, no, he loves me because I'm his creation. I'm his son yeah. and that's enough and I'm lovable. And yeah. he already knows I'm a screw up in my humanity Absolutely. and broken fallen nature. That's why he saved me. And constantly he's there and loving on me. So how did you undo the legalism mindset that was a noose around your neck? And I'm going to be real, real candid about this. I think eventually, well, for me, eventually all that legalism led me to a wall. It just led me to a wall. And one day I said, you know what, God? If I've got to do all of this just this way, perfect all the time, why in the world would anybody sign up for that? Why would I want to do 
what? I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to stop trying. I'm just going to go have fun and just go to hell in a gasoline coated basket. You know, why not? Legalism eventually leads you to a wall where you have to make a decision. And the day I said, I remember this, I didn't know anything about the person, the Holy Spirit or anything, but I know it was him. The day I said, why would anybody sign up for this? You can't do, I can't do this. I promise you, Joseph, I heard a voice in my mind say, you're right, you can't do it. Finally, we get there. After that, I picked up my Bible and I read the Gospels. I read the Gospels of Jesus the Christ. Didn't read anything else. I just read the Gospels. And after that, my life changed. And I knew why I was supposed to call him Savior after that. But again, this was not like it happened in 90 days. I'm talking about, I'm talking about years. But the process started with me hitting a wall that, you know, I just can't do this. You're right. You can't. You don't have to because I've done it. And if you will just link up with me and roll with me, your life's going to be different. That was the start. Anita, this is powerful. We're speaking with Arnita Taylor. She is the co-author of A Language of Healing book. You can find her at alanguageofhealing.com. Arnita, girl, you dropping it. You dropping it, man. <laughs> Like for real, like what you're talking about is so powerful. And I think it trips up the majority of Christians and, uh -huh. and we, our lives are so screwed up. We're in so much pain. We, uh, as Matthew Kelly says, we walk around living lives of quiet desperation. Oh, we're screaming for help, but silently. Oh, Makes and no sad. one comes to, to save us because we actually won't, don't trust that God will. Wow. Wow. That's we think great. He's going to let us down. Part. Let's be honest. That's the lie of the enemy. God's not a good father. You can't trust him. He's going to let you down. He's holding back something from you. It's the garden of Eden. And we're still living in that lie. How do we break free? Again, you know, I have to go back to the word. The word is clear. If God is for us, who can be against us? It's just internalizing that in your heart. I, I agree, Joseph. You know, some things can be in your head, but I call it's got to do that, that 15 to 18 inch drop. It's got to go from my head. And I'm a very cerebral chick. I'm a scientist. So it's, but it's got to go from your head to your heart. And at some point when you really get internalized that you know god is for me he loves me he created me for good works i'm gonna do it i was created individually and specifically by the creator when you start getting those foundational truths in the middle of your in the middle of your heart your life comes out differently it is it just does it, it, you can't help it you can't help it you cannot understand that at your core and do life the same you know, as I'm forgiven, man, I've done some jacked up stuff. But you know what? God loved me through it. He loved me enough. And I'm going to start to love people who do stupid stuff with me. You know, it's just you start to be able to uh, not have things external and you bring them internal. And then you can give them away. Because at the very base level, as believers, we should be people who are giving life to other people and hope to other people and helping people deal with desperation. That's what Jesus is, and that's what God is, and that's what the world needs to see. You're mm. making me preach this morning, Joseph. It's what I do. It's what you do. 
what I do. My good friend, Chris Stefanik, a famous Catholic speaker, one of the top in the world right now, he was on the show as well. And I love what he says. He says, Joseph, the battle between heaven and hell happens between our ears. Absolutely. And I was like, man, that hit like a ton of bricks. And then he taught me some basic little things that I, I put together in a method, a five-minute spiritual uh, method that I use to battle my own anxiety. And I started doing this, this morning, five-minute morning method every single day. And within like seven to 10 days, I started to renew my mind. But I wasn't, God was. Because yeah. up until then, my whole life, I tried to fix me. Yeah. And, and it just didn't work. And I, and I get that frustration. It's so exhausting and we lose hope. We get discouraged and disappointed. And that's where I was. And when I started just using this simple five minute, you know, spiritual exercise, there was a renewing of the mind that happened and it was effortless. I just did the exercise. God did the healing. I did Absolutely. the exercise. God did the healing. I didn't have to go in and fix anything. Yeah. I finally could stop working at it. Yes. Right, because that's what so, we'd love to say. Oh, I'm still working at that. Oh, I need to work on that, and that's a cop out. It's actually saying, oh, I need to go save myself. I need to go play God in this area of my life that's still not working. So I need to go do it instead of giving it to God. So, Arnita, what else do you want to say to uh, BC Nation? And then we're going to get into my favorite part of the show. Oh wow, my favorite thing to say. What would I say? Um, again. I think anytime you're going to surrender to anything God asks you to surrender to, know that you're surrendering to the better. And the better is going to be what he has ordained for you, even if you don't understand it. I'm going to challenge BC Nation not to try to make sense of it every time, to just trust and move one step at a time, because God will move with you at the pace you can move. But at least move. You know, I, I posted something the other day. Don't ask God to order your steps if you're not going to move your feet. Yeah. Well, move with him. And you're all, you'll always end up in the right place. Mm. And, you know, Joseph, when you talk about anxiety, I think a lot of um, my anxiety came from trying to fix everything. That's what I mean. That's exhausting. That's, you nailed it, right? I do a talk, Confessions of a Control Freak. And I speak about the five <laughs> different types of control freaks, right? Because I believe we're all battling our own inner control freak. We just don't yeah. acknowledge it. It's a blind spot. And all of our anxiety comes from playing God in our own life, yeah. trying to control things that are outside our control. Absolutely. And it's, it causes anxiety, worry, stress, physical illness, you name it, right? So this five-minute thing, technique that I use just took away all the, that control. I was, I was grabbing yeah. at the wind yeah. and not grabbing anything, right? Yeah. So anyway, all right. So welcome to my favorite part of the show, Arnita Taylor. You can find out her at a alanguageofhealing.com. She's the co-author of A Language of Healing with our good friend, uh, Wayne Jacobson, the famous co-author of the book, The Shack. And Arnita, welcome to the confession round. Uh-oh. All right, so I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. They're just for fun. Don't overthink them. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, what's your favorite thing about God? Unconditional love. What's your least favorite thing about God? That he dis disciplines me the way I need it. <laughs> Not the way I want. <laughs> I love it. What are you most afraid of? That I won't do everything I'm supposed to do on the planet. 
Got it. And Arnita, I think we're all struggling with with something at any given moment of our lives. What are you struggling with personally or spiritually right now? Personally, I'm just struggling with the effects of COVID-19. My husband's in the restaurant business and that's, that's a real thing for us. Yeah, I hear that. Talk about a opportunity for surrender. Yeah. Look at that. What did you spend <laughs> way too much time doing in your 20s? Worrying about what people thought. Mm. What secret fear do you have about people? That they are not good. <laughs> that's normally a deeper thing that we believe that we are not good. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? That he did love me unconditionally. Amen. What's a new habit you want to form? I am learning how to cook on a big green egg. <laughs> Those are good, by the way. I like <laughs> them. They're delicious. What is a bad habit you want to break? Uh, emotionally eating. Got that. Especially not on the big green egg, right? What? <laughs> <laughs> Pick three words to describe who you are now. Secure, warm, fun-loving. I get that about you. Pick three words to describe who you were before you spiritually surrendered your life to God's will. Bound, angry, and insecure. Wow. So good. And last question, if you could come back to life, Arnita, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything, what would you say to them? Relax. Just follow God. <laughs> Relax. God's got it. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about spiritually surrendering their life, their will, their control to God? You're, you're always going to win. And the thing about it is God has you in that position to do that, to make somebody's life better. So wouldn't it be great to go out saying, I made somebody's life better? I think that's the goal of Christianity. I love that. And for your legacy, BC Nation, the way you make someone's life better, you give God permission to make yours better first. Yes. yes. I believe leadership is a three-word definition. You go first. You go first. Yeah. That's it. All right. Arnita Taylor, uh, what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you if they so choose? Well, I'm on the social media uh, circuits, but a languageofhealing.com would be great uh, to, to contact me that way. And uh, we're looking forward to hear from some, from some of your listeners. I'd love to come back one day. You're fun. We need to talk more. Got Go this girl. leadership thing. <laughs> Go girl. All right, Anita Taylor, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, girl. Thank you. Have Cheers. a good day. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. 
Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.